Hello and welcome once again to Bad Choices in Bourbon. Um, it is my pleasure to be here as your host, Dan Decker, uh, with a very good friend of mine, um, a brother from another mother that we've yet to meet in real life, uh, an absolutely uh, fantastic, outstanding comedian from Brooklyn, New York, currently, originally, so Jersey, he's from Jersey City, uh, my good friend, Chris, Cal- Chris Calagero, how are you today? Oh, Kiss Calagero, little kiss Freudian God, no big sloppy kisses, bro. somebody wants to kiss me, uh, well, come you know. on. It is, you know, big sloppy, big sloppy family kisses. So, uh, my hi, good man. Dan Decker, how are you? <laughs> Bro, it's, uh, it's good to finally, um, uh, one-on-one with you. We have, I think it's been maybe a little over a year now that we've been, uh, at each other on Twitter. I found you, um, through your, through your chief of police character video. That was the first yeah. video of yours yeah, that, that I ever saw. Uh, I mean, that was the first amazing. video of mine that like kind of took off. So, um, and now it's kind of funny that uh, it's like the chief of police and I'm like, oh, I'm not a cop, you know, <laughs> yeah. I only you play know, one on Twitter. Yeah, I've only played one on Twitter. I'm not actual real cop. I mean, though, um, I, I got to say the character videos are a highlight, uh, seeing new ones. Uh, and and uh, you currently or you recently been doing them by request based on Patreon or based on charity donation or what was the deal with that? Yeah. So, um, basically, um, a, if you had, if somebody sent me either on like under the tweet that I had put asking for it or like in my DMS, a receipt from a good charitable donation specific to some of the events that have been going on, um, most recently. Uh, and they showed me the receipt and, made a request for a movie stereotype um, video, then I would uh, do that video for them. Oh, that's fantastic. Yeah, and some of those have been really great, too. I mean, all your videos are great. Um, oh, thank but the you. The ones that yeah. folks have uh, requested have been uh, very creative. Yeah, well, it's interesting working, uh, you know, it's it's kind of, it's always like kind of a lark to do it on Twitter. It, you know, it's helped me out and helped me like expand the ways that I'm funny, but um. But I, you know, I'm in control of all the processes uh, that go into it, um, including thinking them up. So trying to work people's ideas was a new challenge for me because they weren't all as straightforward as I would have probably thought. Um, So I had to just uh, kind of reverse engineer them um, to make them something that I felt good, uh, not only putting out for myself, but that had met the standard that they uh, seem to want or the, the, the request that they want. That sounds a lot like, um, like, uh, uh, you know, Chris, Chris only cameo requests, uh, where, you Kinda, know, yeah. Yeah. But you're being told you're being given this, you're being given this one-off, uh, you know, three line script and, and told to create the entire, the entire illusion. Right. Right. And also like, I think, you know, I love, I love the people on Twitter who, you know, who follow me and, and enjoy those videos. But, um, I, so I think, I think some of, I, some of them weren't necessarily like too well-known or too well-defined like ideas. And not to, I don't want to like be mean. I, I don't think I'm being mean, but, but it's, it's, it was harder than I think I realized, um, because they were like a little more vague and people wanted like bigger ideas than were easier to just pare down into like a one minute to two minute video. Right. And, and it's, um, you know, uh, 
when you're given just the broad concept, you're like, ah, that's a hard thing to whittle down. And then they're like, oh, no, you didn't get it at all. <laughs> you know? Yeah, I was very nervous that people were going to be like, oh, actually, this kind of sucks. I didn't want to do what I wanted. Yeah. You know what Can I mean? Do it, again? So, like, it was hard. And also, like, you know, I have to write basically like a little script for myself there. Yeah, uh, yeah, it takes a lot of time. You know, two minutes of video is probably what a good two hours of easy worth of work. I mean, I mean, low, low intense. Like some of them, like took longer, and a lot of them I just like riff out if I just like write some lines down. But like, yeah, I mean, thinking about them and then writing down the lines and then filming them and making sure I'm happy with that and then doing a little editing. I mean, it usually takes like an hour or so. When you got the ones where you do, I'm sure costume changes really uh, infiltrate <laughs> the timing. And then you've got uh, the the mash cuts and everything that goes into it. Um, really, yeah, really, yeah. really solid production values, friend. Uh, <laughs> oh, thank you. Know, you. Yeah. Expect uh, uh, nothing less from someone uh, who's associated so closely with the boss. <laughs> oh, yeah, of course. You know, I put a lot of care. I mean, everybody I mean, in Jersey knows the boss, right? Uh, yeah. That's, yeah, yeah. He's our, he's our, he's our boss, baby. He's there when everyone, like, at every birth, right, in New Jersey, he's just there. Yeah, he's there. He, he's yeah. contractually obligated. Um, <laughs> Him and he Bon Jovi to. both, damn it. <laughs> yeah, I mean, Jovi, take, take him or leave him, you know. He'll, he'll yeah. show up when he wants to. Bruce has got to be there. <laughs> well, you know, and if he did show up, I mean, would anybody see him? Because he's kind of a short guy. Uh, uh, the Jove, yeah, I think yeah. his hair kind of sticks out <laughs> No, that's bit. true. He's, that's why he keeps rocking the, rocking the bouffant. Yeah, I mean, sometimes he only gets halfway there, you know. That's true, but he's always living on a prayer. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. We can we can work in a lot of musical references. Okay, so <laughs> big open man, no pressure. Um, let's take it back to uh, rewind back to uh, the beginning of, of, of Chris uh, as he's entered the world. Uh, you know what? Where were you? What what got you here? And then we'll talk about young Chris and his interests. Wait, what do you what do you mean? Like what it where like what got me to in comedy or No, like okay, so like you were born somewhere and you lived a, oh, you lived in a yeah. place where you were young and yeah, what about oh, all that? Yeah. Yeah. I mean I grew up in Jersey City, like I grew up in the city till Jersey City till I was ten. Um and uh I you know, I was just like it's I kinda got to live like both a like a little bit of a city kid existence and a suburban kid existence um because like when i was 10 my parents moved us to the burbs um because my mom and dad had always wanted to get out of you know jersey city and raise their kids somewhere else um not that we don't have love for jersey city but but you know it was just a it was like you know a dream for them to get out of to get out of there um so yeah i mean like being a kid in the, it, i was just talking about this recently being a kid in the city it was like you know you walk out the door of your block and your kind of friend group is on your block and you kind of just wait for everybody else to roll out the door um, so that you can start hanging out with each other. And then that's what you do, especially in the summertime. And then, you know, you run around that block and your parents just let you do that. And then you go home. And that was like what I did for a a bunch of years when I was a kid. I kind of think about it now. It's kind of crazy. I mean, I remember one time I almost got hit by a car, uh, and because I was running across the street playing whatever, and I just like took off and I almost got hit. And my grandma happened to see it because she lived downstairs from us uh-huh. in the same building. And she told my mom, and I was like so mad about it because I thought I got gotten away with being irresponsible. 
<laughs> so, well, you know, I, I would say reflecting all these years later, I'm very glad that you were not, uh, you know, smashed by the yeah, car. Yeah. Um, I don't know Me if too. you got yeah. snatched up by the ear by mom later for, you know, having, having God, been uh, she reckless. <laughs> yeah, she definitely gave me hell for that. Yeah. Um, well, the moms are good but, at that, though. But it's like a very, a very kind of kid thing to not be paying attention to your surroundings. But it's kind of funny that, that that happens in the city a lot. You know, being a kid in the city is such an interesting, weird little thing in a, like, in a relatively big city. Yeah, yeah. Um, well, here in here in uh, beautiful central Arkansas, there is not a lot of big city. The closest thing to quote big is Little Rock, and it's it's small by a lot of standards. <laughs> but it's I mean, got it's some a, tall buildings in it in the airport. Yeah, got the airport down there. Yeah. Um, Clinton International. Uh, no, that's just the national airport. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, I don't know. I, like Jersey City, it was like it's funny because nothing really compares to New York. Mm-hmm. Um, City-wise, it's so funny now, like, having, you know, I've lived in Hoboken, which is right across the river from New York, and been doing comedy um, in New York for almost 13 years, and uh, and I live in Brooklyn, and you can't help but be uh, kind of let down by any other city you visit. Once you've been because, there, yeah. Because it's just humongous. It's just mm-hmm. huge. And then you go to some other city, they're like, oh, yeah, this is our city. This is the downtown. This is the one record shop. And this is the coffee <laughs> shops. And you're like, oh, cool. Like, we have a bar on every corner. Like, I don't That's know. That's like exactly. a block in New York. Yeah. 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 I, uh, I've been uh, to, to NYC one time to Brooklyn, uh, pretty specifically. We, we, did, we did go over to Manhattan uh, to eat uh, one night, uh, but it was uh, in 2011 uh, for a tech conference. And the joke was, um, you know, it was an internet company that made web publishing software uh, and a framework, and it was our uh, uh, conference. Um, and the place where it had been selected to host that year uh, did not have internet access. Oh, God, really? <laughs> yeah. It's a place over called uh, The Invisible Dog. I don't know if you know where that is, but uh, uh, it's, it's, it, what they, it, it's called that because it used to be the place where those invisible dogs were made. You know, people would have like the stiff chain thing and it looked like there was a harness on a dog that wasn't there. Um, well, they were made there. And so now, but it's like, it was like an art gallery then. I don't know what the hell it oh, is right. now. Yeah. Um, that, and then we stayed at this, uh, hotel that was 100% uh, Russian mafia front. I have no doubt. Where, where, where in Brooklyn did you stay? I cannot remember the place, um, but the room was super tiny, and everybody but us spoke Russian. Oh God, this place, uh, Invisible Dog. I just looked up; it's pretty close to me. Yeah, and so the place we stayed, hotel-wise, was just up the street from that. I guess you'd head maybe north. It was as little. Oh God, kind of, interesting. Like next yeah, to I mean, a garage. This is, this is very close to me. Oh man, see, oh, hugs from nine years yeah. in the past or future. You know. Yeah. So, cool. Yeah, that's the and then the 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 Mrs. and oldest child Trish and Noah have been. They went three years ago on a spring trip to New York City, so they got cool. to do more because it was all coordinated and a we you know like tour guide and stuff. Um, nice. But oh man, you okay? So you're a comedian. You're a funny I, guy. I aspire to be. Yes. Yes. You're a fun. You're a funny guy more than. Uh, you're not a mushroom. You're not a fun guy. You're a funny guy. Right. Yeah. Yeah. 
Um, I mean, I don't know. You may be a mushroom. Eat enough you never uh, mushrooms and anything's the possible. World's, the world's crazy. <laughs> right now it is. Everything's nutso. Um, so, but what, when did you realize that you were, uh, or yeah, that you were funny enough to get on stage or did you, I mean, you, you grew, you grew the, uh, gumption enough to get up on stage and give it a shot. So I didn't start till I was 25, which I know is young, but you know, people, a lot of people start comedy when they're, you know, I, I know people who start comedy when they're 16, 17, and a lot of other people start when they're 20, 21. I was I was kind of like lost in the woods uh, in terms of what to do with my life for a while, and um, mm-hmm. I had known I wanted to do comedy uh, kind of from an earlyish age. Like I knew like the 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 rush of of getting um, strangers to laugh was like kind of coursing through my veins for a while, um, but I also had this thing which I you know still kind of sometimes struggle with which is like how do i do it and oh it's too hard i'm not gonna do it you know uh oh yeah and so like that's the thing that i did a lot um and i and especially was really bad uh back when i was younger and especially in my early 20s when i was just you know drinking and too much and uh just all wanted a party and never wanted college to end basically Uh, um but (laughs) i i kind of just like after college, I didn't realize like you had to like you know make something of your life. So Ooh, yeah, I was bouncing around and I worked at like a bank and eventually like I I did some improv and I really enjoyed that. But like stand up was like this thing that was so like I don't know alluring, but I didn't know how to get into it. And then you know you find out there really is no right or wrong way to get into stand up. And there's but there's no school i mean there are schools but there's not really like a track there's not a thing that you could just lock into and like you do stand up now you know so yeah, yeah. uh i was just kind of floating around it and then when i was 25 i was like i worked with somebody who was doing it and i asked him some questions and then i started i went to some open mics and then i moved to hoboken which i said is like right across the river from new york and then i was like boom i'm in and when I was 25, I just started going. So you'd go like to clubs and try to get booked or open mic nights and just. I'll go to open mics and sign up. And then I was working, uh, I would work at this, not really work, but I basically would hang around this club, um, in the West village, uh, called the comedy village. And, um, I would bark on Monday nights, uh, you know, around the area, like, you know, try to sell tickets to people and lie to them about who was going to be there. And, uh, Lenny Bruce, and then, ladies and gentlemen, Sarah, ser- like seriously, it'd be like Jerry Seinfeld, my stuff. And then you would sell these tickets and lie to these people. And then <laughs> you would get to go like up on stage for basically doing work. It's, it was like an unpaid internship that you got paid oh, in God. stage time. And then you'd go up and I was, so, you know, you're so young and bad. And, and these, these people who have now experienced a bad show because, you got them in there on false promises. Now have to watch you be bad at comedy. Uh, <laughs> it's just like this, like torturous thing. But I would do that every Monday night. I would go there um, and 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 try to get on stage, basically. And then you know you meet people, and they're like, somebody's like, oh, I have this room, I have this open mic here, or I run this show here. You should come by. And then you go by there, and you meet more people, and they're like, and if you're like, you know funny or moderately funny or nice 
they have a show, they have a mic, and you start just kind of like expanding your circles out. So exactly like the marvelous Mrs. Maisel. <laughs> yeah, 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 just like the. But your Mrs. your boobs are hairier, probably. Where you can't, you can only uh, kill, and you never bomb, and everything works out for you, and you're perfect. It's one hundred percent perfect, and you, I yeah. mean, your lipstick is always great. Right, and you can do everything right. and anything. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I mean you're prettier than her. Thank um, you. Yeah, I I, uh, so. I don't believe you, but um, I'll take it. <laughs> well, you know, you should always be kind to your guests, especially yeah. if you want yeah, them yeah. back on the show. So well, it just like, sounds like a bunch of hustle, really. Uh, it, it is a lot like, of hustle, yeah, especially sounds early like a on. A lot of exhausting work. A lot of it is really like, yeah, it's kind of like pounding the pavement, getting to know people. Um, and then, like early on, it's just like you need to you need to be funny in front of people at least once or twice. <laughs> like you just gotta like land it every now and again, and then people who are like at your level are starting shows at these at whatever bars or places, and they'll book you as long as you're not miserable, because they're because you start to be like all you know is each other. Right. right so right. when they're looking to fill out lineups, it's like. Well, I just I know Chris and he's not, you know, horrendous. So <laughs> and then you're fun and if, if you could be like a little funny on that show, whoever you're on the show with, there, there may be one or two or three people that, that you never met before and they're like, Oh, you're pretty funny. Like now now we know each other. And they you got know? a thing going, right? And you just keep going and going and going and going. And then eventually like, you know, you get booked on some bigger shows, you you, you just gotta be funny in front of the right people and um, yeah, I mean, like, I've had my ups and downs, and I've never really, I've never really, like, leapt to the, to the, to the next level that was kind of available to me, to be honest with you. Um, in stand-up, I just kind of kept missing opportunities, but it's, you know, you just keep going, and nobody's going to fire you, so. <laughs> well, unless you do it yourself, and that doesn't sound like, uh, the way to get there is to, uh, is definitely not to give up. Now, uh, I've heard, uh, uh, you know, like the tight ten. You have to work out a tight ten routine to, to you find you find what works flows from one to the next, where the laughs land. Usually, find your timing and things like that. Yeah, I mean, it's like you got to find what works for you, and you got to find the style that works for you, and you got to find like a what makes you feel like you're being your most authentic self as you can be, or you want to be on stage, and. Um, like you know how you want to be perceived it's it's like it's like a mishmash of like of like of things that you of comedy like is this the comedy you want to be doing is this the person you want to be on stage is this how you want to perform also just like picking up confidence along the way and 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 being able to be on stage better honestly i think early on when people are like you know want to start stand up i i really just my advice is is to get as comfortable as you're going to be on stage because being confident on stage can carry you a long way early on. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And it's not as easy as... Uh, I don't think anybody thinks public speaking is easy, but um, I think the stage, stage presence gets a little taken for granted uh, in the whole uh, overall picture of stand-up. Mm-hmm. And being able to command a stage and not look nervous and not feel panicked uh, when things aren't working um, is such a huge, helpful thing early on in comedy. Because audiences are like, you know, 
it's like the Discovery Channel out there, man. Like they, they'll, it's the animal kingdom. They'll sense fear. They'll sense nervousness. They'll sense that you don't believe what you're saying. And like when that starts to happen, everything starts tumbling downhill before you can even figure out what to do. Mm-hmm. So I, I can, think uh, I can a lot of it with that. that. Yeah. Yeah, that's, um, that's what I feel. And there's a lot that goes into it. And when you first start, you're just like, I don't, I'll never be able to do that. I'll never <laughs> be able to get laughs like that. I don't, I, you know, you watch people who are great. Like I would watch my friend Gary Goldman just crush and murder and kill. And I would be like, I don't, I, I, I can't, I can't do that. How did he, how did he spin a, a crowd work moment into a joke that I've heard him tell a million times and just fool these people into thinking that he's just spinning gold up the top of his head. Yeah, I mean it's yeah. gold, but it's stuff. It's a mix of stuff that he's done before and stuff that he's talking about in the moment. Um, and then you start to get you just have those moments yourself, and you start to realize you can do it. But a lot of it is just like like putting your head down and continuing to go. And when you bomb, learning from it. And um, you know, I, uh, I I feel that because you, it's a practiced skill, anything that you want to be good at, you got to keep just trying to be good at it, right? You don't accidentally, uh, a lot of times you're not a savant at the thing that is, especially the thing that it is that you really want to do. Um, you know, uh, oh, I tried that and I'm not instantly good. I'm no longer interested in that. Um, yeah. you know, uh, and I've, you know, for myself, I've had people be like, oh, you should do stand up comedy. And I'm like, well, you're laughing because you're my friend and there's a whole context to this situation that I used, I riffed off of all this stuff. That's only funny to us, <laughs> you know, largely. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and, and trying to find a way to contextualize that in, in a broader sense so that I, I, you know, I could work a routine. I, I don't know, man. I, but I've thought about it just to see, just to say I did it. You know, it was, I wasn't good at karaoke, uh, quote unquote, until I tried a lot. Um, and you just, you know, you get comfortable with it. You may not be quote ever the best, but, um, at least you get, uh, comfortable enough with it and, uh, selling your presence is a big part of, of, of anything, uh, involving your voice. Um, you know, if you use your diaphragm and you project confidently, um, that'll carry you a long way. Like you said. Yeah, for sure. no, well, um, yeah, I, it's standup is a funny thing that it's this weird kind of interesting thing that i think some people take too seriously <laughs> who do stand up and then and people who like stand up sometimes also take it too seriously um and sometimes that's weird yeah but it, sometimes it can like ruin the fun of it but it also is something that people alternately all think that they know at least one person who could do it or they could do it oh, yeah. um and there's a lot that there's just a lot that goes into it and and there's a lot of different ways to approach it. And that's that's the fun and sometimes frustrating thing about it is that there is no there's no guide for it. There's no every everybody on stand up like has very similar and very wildly different experiences. I think there's a general similarity into the fact that we go and do open mics and we write jokes and, and you get on shows, and then there's the difference is that I really like being in the moment and when you talk about a tight 10, it is my worst enemy because I just, I like riffing and I like finding new things in the moment. And sometimes that really fails when in the middle of a joke that has worked for a long time, I'm like, I'm going to try this tack. And then it, that doesn't work. And, and then it turns into more of a mediocre set than I would care for. But I also am just 
extremely bad at doing the same 10 minutes over and over again. Yeah. And that's fair. And, you know, I like the idea of that. And I mean, so I, I gather too, that you probably keep a, a word cloud of general ideas that seem to help you make, find an opening or start a show, um, uh, to get, to get things, uh, sprung forward. Um, but what I would like to, to check in with real quick, um, what else do you do? What other interests do you have? Because I love you and I love, I love you, the comedian. Uh, but there is, you know, I know that's a uh, it, working comedy comes from a place for a lot of people that, that may or may not be the most comfortable place. And I understand that. Um, but uh, what other interests do you have? What, like, what other things do you go to do when, when you can go do stuff? Not like that's right the- now. That's really funny. You're like, what do you do, dummy? Um, <laughs> oh. I, uh, I mean, I, I don't know. I, it, it's like, I know. I like love hobbies a lot and of, stuff. I like, you like the video game. You like the. I love. The I love. Or? Yeah, no, I do. I love board games. I love video games. Um, I like uh, movies. Uh, I was very into movies. I thought I wanted to be a director when I was like in high school. Um, but That's I, a lot of work. I don't have a good visual eye for things, but, uh, but yeah, those are, those are things that I, that like, you know, my interest and in, I, you know, I love drinking and hanging out and, um, and, you know, hanging with friends and grilling and stuff. Uh, it's interesting now because I, you know, there is no stand up right now. It's like gone. And, right. but I also have kind of like transitioned a little into, making all these videos on Twitter and getting some auditions off of those and, and, you know, meeting with some casting agents and some, uh, showrunners and stuff and, and taking some meetings in that regard. Um, so that's also been cool, but, but, uh, I mean, obviously I make a million of these, you know, stereotype movie things. And that comes from me, especially when I was younger, just like, plowing through movies i used to work at a video store when i was you know 15 16 17 and and we would just rent three movies a day we would get screeners we would just me and my friends would just watch horror movies in our basements you know for hours at a time on weekends yeah so that that knowledge base comes from just sitting there watching movies i love it i love it i have a very similar there was a video store uh, right down the, uh, I mean, a house and a half down, uh, my street, um, <clears throat> when I was about the same age. Uh, and you know, I, I went there so much, uh, you know, I didn't have a lot of change, uh, 15, 14 years old. Uh, but I went there so much that, you know, eventually, uh, the, the young lady behind the counter would just cut me a break on, um, you know, rental, uh, fees and things like that. Um, and that just, that exacerbated the crush I had on her. So that, you know, I don't know if that's <laughs> her favor. Um, but you know, from there, of course, like, uh, I didn't get the, I, I did as a young child go to the cinema a lot. Um, I got some really cool, you know, landmark, you know, Return of the Jedi, Gremlins, uh, E.T., the toy, just a whole bunch of, you know, Batman yeah. 89, all these really great films from the eighties that I did get to go see in the theater. But more of what I saw was on video cassette. Um, and to you know, uh, here in uh, here in town, there used to be a, a place called uh, Starstruck Video, 
a little local nice. uh, video uh, rental place. Uh, and their slogan was our movies don't suck. Um, <clears throat> and that's where you went to get this. I mean, you got that oddball off the wall film that you want to see that is not at Hastings or Blockbuster, et cetera. Uh, James yeah. had it. <laughs> James had it. And uh, James also had, um, you know, the the room that you browsed solo until you found what it was you were looking for, too. And I think that was pretty much the only one in town there as well. Love it. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and, you know, uh, it was great. It was great. <laughs> I uh, love that stuff. I um, There was a place. So I worked at, at Village Video, which was like a, like a real mom and pop shop um but it was very basic i mean it was like a a mom and pop answer to blockbuster right you know it was like they had some gems and it was decent and it was family owned so you know you felt good going there um and it was part of the neighborhood and stuff but there was this other place like 15 minutes away called video video i mean we would literally close up i would work i worked with my best friend um and we would close up shop and then go to another video store you know so like we would we would (laughs) take whatever we were getting from there and then we would go to video video in morristown um which was like it had just this giant it had i mean it was the only one of its kind it was another it was it was a you know a small business um too but uh they had a huge selection. They had pinball machines. They oh, had, um, but then then they had like right when DVDs were like becoming more affordable. Um, they would do like you could buy like three DVDs for like twenty five dollars or something like that. Oh, that's a good deal. Yeah, so you'd buy like we would like peruse these DVDs and try to like like cobble together the three that we would want, um, and then. And then we would also still like rent VHS. Like we were, it was like we still did both things at that time. Oh yeah. And we we would like cruise the horror section and just just rent movies based on the cover. (laughs) Just just rent horror movies based on the cover art and like just a like I was introduced to so many movies just by being like, oh shit, that is bonkers. We got to see this movie. Yep. That's a great yeah. way to get a good, uh, get a good, uh, uh, you know, genre marathon going is just grab the most ridiculous looking thing off the cover. I know. I know. <laughs> it's a great way to do it. I mean, like, you know, if you went and if you went looking for something like, uh, and you just came across something like the toxic Avenger off the cover, right. man, that's bananas. <laughs> Dude. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> like that is what I mean. Yeah. That's, that was like the best, like we also, um, there was this, I mean, do you remember Maxim Magazine? I know it's a, I do. It was a bro Bible kind oh, of. Oh, back in the day, man. Yeah, there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That and like gear or whatever and stuff. Uh, mag- I think. And um, but they had this like really formative list of for us formative, of um, like your like the their top fifty cult movies that you have to see before you die or whatever, mm-hmm. and. There were so many. They actually was so many good movies that we watched and like just like kind of used this list and tried to find these movies, and we found so many good ones from that list. Like, you know, uh, Dawn of the Dead was number one, which we had obviously seen because it's the greatest zombie movie of all time. But yeah. uh, um, 
like this, like a Damnation Alley, uh, Gator Bait. Um, uh, uh, I spit on your grave. Uh, Last house. Great box left. art, by the way. Oh my god! Uh, very, <laughs> yeah, very yeah, enticing yeah. box art. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but all these, like these, this, this kind of range uh, beyond the Valley of the Dolls. This range of movies that, uh, for like a sixteen, seventeen year old, was just like mind blowing. I'm gonna throw one your way and see what to do with it. Um, Motel Hell. Motel Hell, yeah, with the pig. Bro, mask. Motel Hello, dude. what's up? Mot- yeah, dude, Motel Hell. Uh, uh, we were like, that was like, this the it's the chainsaw fight. That was yeah, like that bro. growing pig's what, heads in the garden or whatever, man. Yeah. That's so fantastic, dude. Motel Hell's so good. Good. I'm glad we have that That's in common how, because what's his name? What's the sausages uh, from that? Oh, God, farmer something sausage. Oh, I know, right? <laughs> it's all people. Ah, oh, so it's like good. Sweeney Todd with chainsaws. Farmer Vincent sausage. Yeah, so good. <laughs> uh, the the blinky blink on the neon man, classic. Uh, but I'm, I and I don't know why or how or what the situation was because I don't recall us always. I mean, we didn't always have premium channel access. I just know we didn't, but maybe we did. I yeah. don't know. Seems like I rem- have a lot of memories having HBO, and that was one of the very first things I saw on HBO. Um, and it stuck with, I had to be about five or six years old, Chris, it stuck with me obviously, uh, for a very long time yet, uh, and, uh, freaked me the heck out, but I, not even like that. I won't ever watch it or I was actually scared of it, but I was like, yeah, it was a mind trip, bro. Yeah. 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 That's a good one. Talking about, talking about, uh, low key bad horror movies. I think sometimes I take, I, it's nice to like not take for granted the fact that HBO is so accessible now because yeah. I, we never had HBO when I was a kid. We, we never, ever had it. And, uh, going to people's houses who had HBO was like, it was a freaking, it was wonderful. Wasn't it? Oh, it was a dream. It was like, yeah. we're going to stay up late and watch HBO. And like, we're going to like watch, I remember this, this TV series, the hitchhiker, which was yeah, like, a, oh yeah. 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 But, um, I don't remember what, what it what the episode was or anything about it all i know is that a guy ended up with his like head buried or he was like buried up to his head like in the middle of like a like heavy traffic highway or something like that and that's like how it ended and i was like no this is going to screw me up for a long time but i love it yeah absolutely um and i you know uh through hbo and uh, uh definitely uh through skinamax um that's uh, that got young dan through puberty <laughs> yeah 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 yeah, you know, yeah. that was always I mean, one of the things when you go to your bud's house you know you guys would like fake it out till you know uh guest mom and dad had gone to sleep and uh then you and you and bud would get up and go you know sneak one in <laughs> dude i i'll never forget like um i uh had got the vhs of uh evil dead uh-huh. uh, one of my favorites and uh i showed my brother as a good older brother does just shows his little brother, all the horrible, amazing growth shit that he loves. And, um, we were watching it. I mean, he was so young and, uh, that movie features a very problematic, uh, tree sexual assault scene. And, um, 
And my mom walked in like right as that was happening. And I was like, yeah, well, I mean, yeah, obviously this is bad. So I'll turn this off. That's hilarious. That yeah. Hilarious. yeah, yeah, yeah. That's well, like form- you said, it's what a good big brother does. Right. These are formative, formative movie years. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. Uh, and also yeah. a good pick. Um, you probably, oh, what was the, what was the name of that movie? Um, well, and you, you know, if you, if you know that you were as surprised as I was when he was named director of Lord of the Rings, but Peter Jackson has uh, a really gruesome, uh, from like the late eighties, early nineties. What is that? Man, I wish I could remember oh, this. Uh, that. uh, Dead Alive. This. That's it. Yeah. Yeah. Dead Alive is. Dead Alive is is insane, and it it is it is wild that this is the guy who directed the Lovely Bones movie. I mean, yeah, yeah, yeah. And yeah. So that was that was my that was my brain when I heard Peter Jackson, and I was like, "The fuck you gonna do with the Lord of the Rings?" Yeah, I know, I know. <laughs> well, he had done that, and then he had his name on that um that that Meet the Feebles movie. Oh man, yes, yeah. That was probably we, the other thing. We watched that too, and um. Oof. Um, yeah, he directed Meet the Feebles, and like it, it's it's kind of wild. I I kind of miss I miss old Peter Jackson. Yeah, yeah. So I, I bet I'm that, gonna like, go on a limb and say you've seen Joe's Apartment. Uh oh yeah, Joe's, God Joe's Apartment. Yeah yeah yeah, an MTV movie. It was like crazy that they made a movie. Uh, yeah, with Jerry O'Connell and Ten Thousand Resumptions. With Sliders, Jerry O'Connell. <laughs> yes, yeah. Sliders is so great. Oh man, Dude, I wish Sliders they would start so that good. series up. Oh, bring Jerry back, start it up a new generation. Man, that would be so good. Uh, but Sliders what was it? So oh, Funky Towel. Man, the roaches sing Funky Towel. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Funky Towel. The towel's not uh, funk. <laughs> but I, I miss. I, I feel like I miss Peter Jackson when he. he um, I mean, I love Lord of the Rings. It was um, awesome that it was like a, you know, the nerd guy made good. He fucking he did mm-hmm. it. He, mm-hmm. he nailed it, and and he had all this like carte blanche to do whatever he wanted. And then King Kong is I, oh. I, I didn't like. It's like it's such a near miss, and I, I rewatched it a couple years ago because somebody was like bugging me to be like, no, 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 it's good, it's good, it's good, and it's just it's interminable. It never ends. It is three really okay one-hour movies. Dude, I like <laughs> jammed I like all up. I better than that. Movie. Yeah, I like, that I thought... movie was action-packed. I mean, it was ridiculous. It could just mm-hmm. as easily have been a Jumanji movie, <laughs> but right. it was fun. It was fun, man. Yeah. Kong is fun in parts, but it's really not. Um, and you feel no. like it's you know you're like okay, well, and we're no, we are not done yet, <laughs> and. No, you know, it's very long, and it was pretty, and it was good the once, and you go back and watch it again, you're like, I know. <laughs> no. Also, like, speaking of, oh, we're not done yet, like, the Hobbit movies, brutal. Uh, let me tell you, I own them in the extended Super Dupes, and I fall asleep every time at the beginning of the first one. Not seen the <laughs> three of them at all. Um, I remember, I, I don't know. The first one. <laughs> Yeah, I remember reading about the first movie, and they said like, the first movie ends essentially fifty pages into the book. Yeah, and like it's three and hours it, to and get it's there. Three hours. <laughs> like, you you can okay. read the fifty pages faster than you can watch the movie. Yeah, dude. I well, I saw the first one, and I was like, 
this is going to break my heart. I'm not going to watch this. <laughs> that was like the queue for the Avatar ride at Disney World was longer than you, you could watch the movie uh, one and a half times while waiting to get on the ride. <laughs> really? Okay. Yeah. Last you know what? Summer, I'm, yeah. A, <laughs> I'm, a, uh, I'm a person who has never seen Avatar. I've never seen one second of Avatar. Well, you know, you're not missing a whole lot. It's pretty, but there's not a whole lot other going on that you haven't seen somewhere else done better. You could watch Dances yeah. with Wolves again and get the wondrous uh, and, uh, you know, Mary McDonald, uh, even Kevin Costner's in it. But uh, yeah, <laughs> um, but yeah, it's uh, the ride was fantastic. The ride is great. The movies, eh, the technology was lost on me with the one eye, no depth perception, literally cannot see in 3D. Movies are lost on me paying extra for. Oh, movies. right, right. Yeah. Yeah. So, you know, the whole point of it was like garbage. I didn't go see it in the theater and I would put off watching it until right, it came on like free TV. Yeah. Well, but with that, I was like, ah, you know, like the gimmick is no good for me. It's no big deal. Yeah. So, What's that, the 24 frames per second? I was, I didn't like uh, it. The Hobbit was 48 frames and it was like hmm. hyper real. That's what that, that was. It. Yeah, it was hyper real. Yeah. Yes. Yes. Yeah. Uh, from the people, I, I don't know. Like, I didn't go see it in the cinema. So I don't know. Like, I'm sure I could see that because that's just, there's nothing reason why I couldn't. Uh, but it doesn't project that on the on the video, of course. Uh, usually, I think it does sixty frames per second, which is better. Uh, but anyway, um, so a lo- we share a love of cinema. We share a love of comedy. We share. What do you have any sci-fi interests? Uh, oh yeah, I do have sci-fi interests. Um, uh, I love uh, sci-fi. Um, I read like I think I I read uh, a lot of sci-fi. And, um, you know, I love, uh, I'm not, I'm not like a Trek person though. That's fine. I you like, still be friends. I like Trek, but I'm, <laughs> I'm not, I'm not like, a, I have very little Trek knowledge, but That's I, fine. but also, but that being said, one of my favorite movies of all time is Wrath of Khan. I love Wrath of Khan. It's a great film. <clears throat> and so should good. be on any film, uh, aficionados list up there with Superman, the movie, Batman 89, the Sam Ra- or not the Sam Raimi Spider Man, but into uh, uh, into the Spider Verse, uh, and um, oh, oh, there's one the more. oh Captain too. America: The First Avenger is a fan fucking tastic movie. Uh, it is every bit equal to like Superman the movie as as good as it is. Everything about but also Captain Spider-Man America 2 is, is your perfect. Spider Man Two is great, and talking about good good guy done good, uh, Sam Raimi. Coming all the way from Evil Dead, the Evil Dead Two, uh, to direct, uh, you know, one of the most iconic uh, trilogies of the aughts uh, and uh, the century, and definitely the last two decades. Um, and you are absolutely on point. Spider-Man Two stands out in that franchise as you could just have that movie, and everything would be fine. Um, I. You could, you could drop either end of the uh, the prequel or sequel of that surrounding that, and that that's like Empire Strikes Back. You just play it, and it stands fine on its own. You don't need to set up in a New Hope and then eh, Jedi, whatever. Uh, but you, you know, same with Spider Man too. I think I love uh, uh, Spider Man. I was one of the most excited I've ever been for a movie. Yeah, I was freaking out. Like a as a horror horror kid, I was like, Sam Raimi is is a genius. Yeah. And then yeah. Spider Man is my 
all-time favorite superhero. Okay, and I, like that movie was coming out, I was eighteen, nineteen, and I was just oh, like, bro. I was like so excited. Like, Real house. I just could not believe that it was happening, and I love, I adore the first two movies, and I like the third one. I think the third one is overhated. Oh, bro! Any movie that's hated is overhated. Um, I, I accept the challenge from anyone here. You hear it live here on Bad Choices of Bourbon, which may be a bad choice on my part for sure. Uh, <laughs> I, 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 anyone, you know, give me something that you dislike and I'll help you find a way to like something about it. Uh, because yeah. everything, you know, yeah, maybe not anything, but, you know, there, someone created it. It's worthy of, of attention um because they didn't do it on accident so at least give them the time of day to to you know consider it you know yeah um I, yeah I'm a you know spider-man 3 isn't as bad as people say for sure uh yeah i um i agree i think it got overhated i mean i think it's the weakest one in the trilogy but uh i think it is um a, a worthy addition to the spider-man canon so you like did you like into the spider-verse Loved Into the Spider-Verse. Nice. nice. Loved And then, uh, yeah. um, you like Tom Holland? You like the, the MCU version? Yeah, he's, he's you know, he's a handsome, ripped, little little young man. You know? He's <laughs> Something a good looking going fellow. on, doesn't he? <laughs> he's a good... I enjoy, I enjoy the Spider-Man movies. He's a good Spider-Man. I mean, look, I gotta get cast in one of these Marvel movies just to get in shape, I think. Yeah, yeah, well, you could be the next Spider-Man. I, I would love I would love a, a balding, you know, uh, close to 40 Spider-Man. I mean, I, I think the world is ready for this. So do you, you have here? Do you have your phone handy? I do. All right. I think I've got your number. Hold on. I got something. That, I'm going to send you something. Dear listeners, please bear with as uh, I'm about to blow Chris's mind right out uh, the door. I think I have it set as an easily accessible. Oh, goodness. I might have to send it to you after the show because I've got to find it. Oh, anyway, right. I've got um, uh, the uh, I've got the number one issue of the early 90s uh, Spider-Man <clears throat> redo uh, <clears throat> where he's, uh, you know, in the web in his in his famous crouch. I've got the gold cover of that uh, as uh, definitely. Well, I just have it because it's awesome. Um, but that, I bought that, you know, original back in the day. <laughs> Uh, and uh, still have it. I still got a lot of my comics. Uh, but I got a lot of love for Spider-Man. So does the oldest child. Um, it's one of his favorite heroes. He collects just about everything he can. Spider-Man yeah. related. So big, I mean, big fun in our house. That's for sure. I mean, he's the best. Spider-Man is the yeah, greatest. Absolutely, the greatest, greatest. Well, yeah. Well, Chris, man, um, I hate the, I hate the nonlinear or the linear nature of time. Uh, as, oh, as brother, you're it, telling me, you know, it's a, <laughs> it creeps up on a, us. Dang river. It keeps going. Yeah. And then and, you can't uh, look back behind you because there's a bend in it, you know? Right. Well, what I consider at this point is that that just means that later down the road, Tater, we're going to have another one of these conversations. Um, because I know there's more to your story than what we were able to get to, but I had a fantastic time. I hope you enjoyed your time with me as well. Um, because, uh, I, I just, uh, I just want to say here in the moment, y'all out there, uh, get, get on the Chris Cal train. Um, uh, the, uh, it's a uh, real Chris Cal, uh, on Twitter, uh, and, uh, enjoy yourself. Uh, you deserve some quality content in your life. 
Um, and he's he's just a big whoopee of a minch, uh, heart of gold, uh, teddy bear all around. And um, me personally has uh, helped me through some some dark times. Uh, and uh, uh, because humor uh, is a great way to get through, um, you know, those struggles and things like that. Um, and with that, if you are struggling and you need to reach out to someone, uh, I'm there. Hit my, hit my DMs uh, and we'll have a conversation. Uh, we'll have you on the show if that's something you're interested in. Um, but let's get it. Let's get it talked about. Chris, is there anything else you would like to say since this is technically your show? What would you uh, in closing thoughts? I, I mean, just also, um, I would say that, uh, if you also are feeling low or whatever, reach out to me. I'm at real Chris Cal on Twitter and, uh, you can hit me up or, um, but yeah, I don't know. Hang in there and, uh, ask for help if you need it. Absolutely. Absolutely. That's the key right there. So folks, thanks so much, uh, coming to you close out from beautiful central Arkansas and, uh, tucked away. Uh, in a nice little nook in Brooklyn, New York. I've been Dan Decker with uh, Chris Calogero uh, here on Bad Choices in Bourbon. Uh, we hope again to earn your ears next week uh, as we'll be joined by I Will Get Much Better at Knowing Who's Next. <laughs> uh, yeah. Keep an eye out on Twitter for, uh, for that news with at, at Bourbon Bad. Um, and uh, thank you and good night. Thanks. Bye.